Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Today, we're continuing our series on knowing and loving the Bible with a conversation with Elizabeth Woodson, a past Journey Woman guest who we cannot wait for you to hear from again. If you missed her first episode, Elizabeth is a Bible teacher and author who is passionate about equipping believers to understand the rich theological truths of Scripture. She loves helping people internalize their faith and connect it practically to everyday life. Elizabeth is a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary with a master's in Christian education, and she is the author of the brand new book, Embrace Your Life, How to Find Joy When the Life You Have is Not the Life You Hope For. Today, Elizabeth and I are talking about setting our eyes on things that will remind us of Christ and His Word, seeing Christ in the text, putting up reminders all over our homes so that we can remember just how much we need God's Word and all kinds of good stuff in that vein. Elizabeth Woodson, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Hunter, it is so good to be here. I am so excited to talk to you not once this year, but twice. This is actually the first of two conversations that we get to have in 2022. So you are actually going to be the live interview at the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference alongside Jen Wilkin, who is a friend of yours from doing ministry together at the Village Church, correct? Yep. Yep. And we are going to be talking about honoring God with your bank account, not exactly the topic that anyone would have hoped to hear, but coming from you two, I knew they'd be willing to sit and listen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about that. It is a, a good, I've got some good stories um, just of how the Lord has helped me <laughs> learn to honor him um, with my money. So it'll be fun. And then it's Jen. So we'll have a good time. Absolutely. I know most of the people will be there for Jen, but I have to tell you that I actually thought of you when I was thinking through guests to have on that live conversation again at TGCW because I remember in our first conversation at Journey Women, which happened back in 2019, you had mentioned that you actually sold everything, moved from Chicago to go to DTS. And I just thought, okay, this is somebody who I am interested to hear about honoring God with her bank account, because obviously you just have such a high devotion to the Lord, even that extending into being willing to sell everything so that you could continue to learn more about who he is. I just want to say, if you guys haven't been to the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, it's such a rich and edifying time. Uh, You have a great opportunity to sit under wonderful Bible teachers like Elizabeth and Jen Wilkin. And if you'd like to join us, the Gospel Coalition is actually graciously offering $20 off to all of the listeners today if you use the code journeywomen20. So just go to thegospelcoalition.org slash TGCW22 for $20 off using the code journeywomen20. I hope they come and join us, Elizabeth. Wouldn't it be fun to meet them? Yeah, meet them face to face and have a good time. What other panels are you doing at TGCW? Uh, Me and Jen are going to do a panel talking about teaching for retention. And so it'll be fun just to talk about our just time together teaching at the village, but also what we both learned in our individual ministry journeys. I'm going to talk about my new book, uh, Embrace Your Life. And then I think I've got one more 
It might be. It's just yours. Yeah. It's just yours. Yeah. And so it's Journey Women Live. Journey Women Live. So got some fun Yay. stuff. Well, the last time you came on the show was 2019, as I mentioned, but I think you've had a lot happen since then, like some pretty big life updates, not to mention writing your first trade book, which is actually going to be releasing like right about the time that this episode does. So tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, I have been for probably for the past almost four years, been working on staff at the Village Church up until last November. And so, you know, I feel like my journey with the Lord is is full of a lot of faith jumps. And he just brought another one my way. And just to leave vocational ministry at the village has been a wonderful place. I've learned so much there. And just to take an opportunity to take what I learned at the village and share with a lot more people. And so just building ministry, still teaching, still creating content, wrote a book. And I'm just excited for this next season of ministry. Probably a little terrified too, but I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I have consistently found to be true of you, Elizabeth, is that you just seem to have this understanding that your life is not your own and that it's part of a much bigger story. And that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about today. So can you help us, me in particular, uh, just begin to see that we are part of a bigger story that's not our own? Yeah. Probably the part, biggest way that I have learned over the years, uh, two things of how we are part of a bigger story. One is just getting out of my own space. Um, I think this past year has has filled a lot of our lives with isolation, um, and we're just concerned about the things that are happening, and rightfully so, because a lot of us are carrying some really heavy things. But when we learn other people's stories, and we learn what they're going through, when we learn what's happening in our world, even as you and I are talking, there's some things that are happening in the news that are really big, you realize, okay, It's a lot bigger in this world than what's going on just in my life. My life is important, but there's other things. Um, And then you have scripture, right? So scripture is a lens through which we see and understand the entire world. And as you just read through the entirety of scripture, I encourage anyone who hasn't read through the Bible from front to back just to do it. However long it takes you, you'll realize, okay, there's something going on here. And God's not only calling me to be a spectator, but he's calling me to be a participant and helping bring dark light to the darkness, to restore the broken places, and the circle of influence that he's given me. And so for me, it's been both of entering to other people's stories, but then finding my time reading through the story of scripture reminds me that there's a bigger story I'm a part of that God calls me to every day. Mm, I could not echo that more. I think I remember a season in my life where I really felt like, Elizabeth, that I had just missed God's calling on my life. Like, I just felt like, what am I doing here? Surely I've screwed up. Something had to have gone wrong for me to end up in this situation in which I really dislike my life this much. And I remember calling a mentor and saying, hey, I don't know how to navigate this. I mean, I feel useless in my current season. And she said, you have got to remember the faithfulness of God to you in times past. And she goes, you've got to remember the faithfulness of God to all of his people throughout redemptive history. And so she said, I want you to sit down and I want you to write down every way that you've seen God be faithful, even in seasons when you don't know who you are and what you're doing here. And then to look back at scripture, like you mentioned, and just to continually recount and reflect on all the ways that he did that for his people throughout the text. And one of the people that he did that for um, was Joshua. And that's a person that you reference in your new book, Embrace Your Life. uh, And you also talk a lot about Moses and Deuteronomy, things that I continually find myself uh, reflecting on. So one of the things that the Lord encouraged Joshua to do was to think about scripture 
day and night, to think about his word basically all the time. So how can we set things before our eyes that will remind us of this? I think a lot of the listeners probably know this. Like, okay, we need to be like reflecting on God's word and we need to be thinking about it. Um, But what are some things that we can set before our eyes that will remind us to look to God and his word? When you say setting things before our eyes, I think of the word intentionality. Um, Mm. and intentionality in our rhythms and our practices, because, you know, in that Joshua chapter one, one through nine, he talks about the book of the law. He's like, hey, Joshua, you will be successful and be blessed if you follow the book of the law. And so the book of the law is the story of Israel. It's Genesis, first five books of the Bible. And it tells them who God is and who they are, what God has done for them, how he delivered them out of slavery, what he's promised them, what will happen if they don't follow the things that he has set out before them, but they remember the story. And so I think about intentional ways for us to remember what God, like you said before, like what God has done for us, um, whether that's journaling. I know some people use like physical objects. I have a couple of just different, I have these two elephants. They're like stuffed elephants in my living room. And they remind me of a season of my life and a dear friend who is no longer alive, but just her story is an inspiration to me. And when I see them, I remember. What places can we intentionally go back to, whether it's our journal whether it's our Bible, obviously that's the best place in learning scripture and verses, or whether it is a location, it's where can I intentionally go to be reminded of what God has done so I can be strengthened for what he's going to do. And I say intentionally because we won't do it happenstance. Like you're not going to accidentally remember, you have to be intentional about doing it. And I think there's some creative ways that we can rehearse the story of who God is both in scripture and in our own lives. See, this is why I love you. And this is why people <laughs> people need to know that Elizabeth is super passionate about discipleship. So connecting what we believe our, about who God is, our theology, with our practice, our doxology, our worship of God in our everyday life. And so thank you so much uh, just for bringing that down to earth, because I think a lot of times people in busy seasons, we're just going and we're just trying to be faithful in the next right thing. And so sometimes it's hard to pull uh, back and to see, okay, how might I uh, be able able to incorporate things in this busy season that might help me to orient myself to what God is doing in my life and how I might be able to better worship him in and through this busy day that I have. So one of the things that I've done lately is, well, I I didn't do anything actually, Elizabeth. (laughs) My husband made a chalkboard for me because we homeschool. We have a seven, five and three year old and you know, the chalkboard now serves at this place to house like all the little things that I really want to be intentional about, but that I continually find myself forgetting. For example, hymns. Hymns are such a great way to reflect on and remember the character of God, all of these things, and to just rehearse like great theology throughout the day as we go. But I am just so often forgetting like, oh, it'd be a great idea to like maybe sing a hymn. That's one of the things that I'm doing is just like writing down on the board. Here's the verse we're memorizing. Here's the hymn we're meditating on. And it helps me to set my eyes before things that are really going to refresh my heart. Why is what we set before our eyes important? And how do the things that we're taking into our eyes actually impact the way that we go about our day? Yeah, you will respond to what's in front of you and what you take in through your eye gate. And so 
what I like to tell people, and it's because it's what the Lord has told me, is that you will see something, right? It's not a neutrality. We are formed by the things around us. And so the question is, what are we formed into? And so that we, again, we look at so many things and don't realize that we're doing it. You know, the amount of time, and I'm not here to beat down social media. Social media is a wonderful tool, but we'll just spend a lot of time on our phones. Um, we'll spend a lot of time on the internet. We'll spend a lot of time watching TV shows. We'll spend a lot of time just doing a whole bunch of different things where we're taking in information. Um, and we might not understand that what we're taking in is making us more fearful than giving us hope. Yeah. Um, is making us anxious and not peaceful, is um, feeding Confusion or lack of clarity. Again, I think Mm -hmm. we see that in our current cultural moment. There's just a lot of confusion around a lot of different things. But we can be fed by those items or we can be fed by things that will give us truth and steadiness and make us resilient and persevere and make sure that we have a correct perspective that's linked to who we are called to be in Christ. And so what I always think about is, it's not that I won't see something. I will. What is it going to be? And if I mm-hmm. don't make the intentional choice, I will probably end up doing something unintentionally that's not going to be for my good. Even if it's just something distracting. It doesn't have to be something huge and sinful. It just can be distracting. Yeah, totally. One of the things that you encourage us to do in your book is to self-reflect. And I have been practicing that in just examining my own behavior and thinking, what does my behavior remind me of? Yeah. Am I acting like an influencer or, you know, like, am I acting like, I don't know, somebody who hangs out on social media a lot? Or am I acting like somebody who's really been saturated in God's word? And that's just a helpful barometer for me to see what am I setting before my eyes? Because like you said, sometimes we can just go about our day. We don't even know really (laughs) what we're doing. We're just going, (laughs) at least for me anyways. But how... You know, the thing that I want to be taking in more than anything is obviously God's Word, and that's part of this whole series, Knowing and Loving the Bible. So how does the lens of God's Word actually help shape the perspective through which we see and experience our personal circumstances? Like, how does God's Word help us to better understand what we're walking through in the present? You know, I think just in our humanity, a lot of us ask three Key questions, core questions. Um, one is, who am I? A question about identity. Uh, yeah. What am I supposed to do? Like a question about purpose or destiny. Um, and then a question about where do I belong? And who are my people? What's Why am I here? And scripture answers those questions for us. There are bigger questions because you can't fully understand who you are unless you understand what God, who God is and understand what he's doing in the world. We as Christians believe scripture to be the true story of the world. And so the question of why are things broken? Why do bad things happen to good people? Like, how do I deal with the hard valleys of my life? The core substantive questions we have about what it means to show up for each day, scripture teaches us how to answer those. And it teaches us what to value. And it teaches us what to prioritize. And it teaches, man, this is who you are. Like, this is what gives you longevity in any season is that I'm made in the image of God and every day I'm supposed to show people what God is like and point them to who the one true God is. Um, Every day I'm supposed to, I use the word cultivate and flourishing a lot. Um, It's related to the cultural mandate in Genesis 1, 26 and 28 through 28. But I'm supposed to show up in the world in such a way that everybody thrives. 
whether that's just my kids, just, but it is my kids or my family or my workplace or um, my neighborhood or an entire community that I'm responsible for in a, in a leadership capacity. But I image God and I show up for my neighbor. And so the word shapes us of how we think about all these things. And again, I don't want to undervalue the significant influence other voices can have in our lives for all those same questions and all those same questions of identity or purpose or belonging or who God is and what it means to worship God and what it means to show up in the world. And so to me, the word of God, it sets the plan. It sets the course. It is steady. It gives us clarity and like deeply rooted clarity that helps us make sense of seasons that might be rocky or seasons that are steady because we can forget the Lord when life is going really, really well. And we don't need him as much, so to speak. You are so right. I think the seasons when I have experienced the most hardship, you referenced a season in your life when you lost your grandmother to cancer in your book. And I'm sure at the moment you felt really disoriented. Uh, but looking back on that, the way you describe the story, it seems like you've maybe never had that much clarity on like what God was doing in and through uh, your own personal struggle. And I can say the same. My dad passed away this last September from cancer, and it was a very disorienting experience. And yet at that time, I felt like so near to the Lord through his word. I know not everyone has that experience in their grief, but certainly no other book (laughs) ministered to me and no other person could minister to me the way that Jesus did. And so I think that's one thing that other people have been such a help to me in fleshing out over the last like probably five years, especially Elizabeth. And I, I see this in you and it's something that I'm still seeking to grow in is just really also seeing Christ in the word and seeing how the gospel informs the present circumstances that I'm navigating and how it speaks a good word for me today. Not just like you said, (laughs) a get out of hell free card. I (laughs) laughed out loud when I read that in your book. (laughs) I was like, oh, she wrote that? She did. I did. (laughs) It's true. So how does seeing Christ in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation help us to embrace the life that God has given us and to increase our affection for him? The one thing that always pops into my mind when I think about Christ in the scriptures, probably first on the list, is the faithfulness of God. Hmm. Like I never cease to be overwhelmed by how God promised that he would fix our mess in Genesis 3, 15. Yeah. And then generations later, he does that through Jesus. Because trusting God can be a place that's just really hard. Like, it's just hard to trust God in the moments in which we're walking through life. And that to be reminded that if God ensured my salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, and he promised that and he was good on that promise, he'll be good on the other promises. So to see how God has worked through redemptive history, through his son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to me, is usually first on the list. But then Christ comes to help us be who we were intended to be. So he show, I like to say he points us the way home. He shows us true humanity. Like if we wonder, what does it mean again for me to show up in the world? Well, just follow Jesus. And how should I respond? How should I think about this? How do I handle situations that are frustrating? Or how do I handle when my family doesn't accept me? How do I handle rejection? How do I handle things that might make me fearful? Well, how did Jesus handle those things? And so seeing what Christ 
has doing in the present and the work of restoration and how he treats those who are marginalized and oppressed and those who are on the fringes, like all of this, we follow Jesus and seeing what it means for us to be human in this world. But then Jesus gives us hope. And so to me, it's just to see Christ in the text and to follow who he is, but to trust in him and his presence in this world and the intercession that he does on our behalf as he sits at the right hand of the Father, all of those things together. It's like he gives us the power and strength to live, but also to have our eyes up. Alexander Hoover also talks about that a lot on Instagram. Just a Christian influencer. She's like, have your eyes up. Like he's coming. And so that we remember the hope we have in Jesus. How can we do that? Like get our eyes up. How can we turn our eyes to Christ? Especially in those times where you just feel so prone to navel gazing. I mean, I just walked through one of those recently where I did something and I thought, wow, what an idiot. And I just could not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know the gospel is true. I know that God is not pleased with me based on my performance, but based on the performance of his son, Jesus. And yet here I am up at 1234 in the morning and I cannot sleep. So when you're in that moment, how can you turn your eyes to Christ? One of the ways that has been just really helpful for me is being honest in my conversation to the Lord. And so in those moments where, because sometimes we need to be reminded because we're in a really hard space and to speak all of what I am feeling and experiencing, you know, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, all these things to the Lord, whether it's journaling for me, I'm a verbal processor. So I will just, you know, have a conversation with God and I'm saying all the things as I'm saying all the things that we don't do that process alone, that the Holy Spirit is present with us that I'm also intentional about reciting what is true. So I feel this way about myself, but God, you say that Christ is this, that you have done this for me through Christ, that I have this hope because of Christ. And so I'm going to trust you for whatever I need based upon that. Or I'm going to, I need to repent (laughs) and I need to turn around and I need to apologize to that person or I need to show up in this situation better. Sometimes it's we need to check ourselves because we're not living in the way of Christ. But it is this process of speaking the things that are true, like literally verbalizing the things that are true. And you can only do, you can only know what's true if you're in your word. So it comes alongside us studying scripture, regularly reading scripture. Jen Wilkin, she talks about how we read scripture with a savings account mindset. Yes. That we are always looking for, man, man I just need that, that emotional high. And some, you're not going to get that all the time. You're not going to read Leviticus and have your mind blown (laughs) over the sacrificial system. But as you read about the holiness of God, that one day you need to withdraw from your savings account, you have truth to remind yourself of when you need to point your eyes to Christ. How have people done this in the past? One of the things I think has been really great learning from you, you know, you looking to other Christians, like you said, it does seem like you really learn a lot from other I mean I think that's discipleship that's mentoring that's why journey women exists so you know have there been any particular examples a, a brother or sister that you've seen that has done this well and then you could even take it into into biblical times I mean you did this in your book so much about like the psalmist honestly lamenting before the Lord and stuff like this so could you just kind of give us an example of how God's people have done this in the past I'll have one example for, from scripture and then one example from just a friend of mine. I like to hang out with people who are older than me, both spiritually and 
biologically <laughs> um, and just <laughs> like take the overflow. And so one of my dear, dear friends, I talk about her all the time in the best ways is she taught me what it means to have persistence and be resilient in the Lord and to be faithful in the situations where resolution may not come for like 10, 15, 20 years. And just, she's done that in her life. And there was a particular situation and I was just really frustrated. And I was just like, this is not the way things should be. People are mistreating other people. And this is how I'm going to respond. And I laugh about it now, but we were in an office together. She was my supervisor. She said, yeah, everything you just said you're going to do, you're not going to do. And you are going to be faithful and you're going to stand. She's like, Elizabeth, that's what we do. Like God is faithful. This is who Christ calls us to be. Just because someone is not being who they're supposed to be doesn't mean we change our position at all. Like we follow the Lord. And so she brought my eyes back to what was true about Christ and what it means to follow him. And she did that because she's a woman who knows what it is to faithfully follow the Lord when things are really hard and difficult and has seen him come through. And so that humbled me. I mean, it just, obviously I'm talking about it. It had a huge impact on me and just what it means to just resilience and perseverance. But then I think about in Joshua, after they cross over the Jordan River, they're taking a hold of the promise that God has given given Abraham for the land of Canaan. They pull out these 12 stones. And Joshua's like, every tribe, get a stone, and I want you to put it here so that when somebody walks past and they're like, what are these stones for? You can tell them the story. And to me, it is like, what can I have that makes me have to tell the story? And there are just certain things where in my life and just in my apartment or just where I have to tell the story to other people and remind myself of God's faithfulness as I'm recounting what he's done for me. Ah, you know, your book is going to be that. It's going to be so fun. I was just sitting in the back of an Uber in Austin and the guy who was driving was like, why are you here? And I'm like, well, I'm here for an interview for my book. And he's like, wow, you have a book. What's the book about? And I'm like, wow, Lord, this is like a whole nother layer of what you're talking about where we can't help but testify to what God's done in our life and praise God for those things that are in our life, whether, you know, it's like you said, a decorative item, or I know my grandmother, she had a watch that this lady gave to her. She used that watch as a I guess, springboard for evangelism anytime anybody asked about the watch. And so I look forward to seeing how he uses Embrace Your Life to do that. And um, thank you for helping us just think through that today, because it's really cool to think about how might we be more intentional with that, not just have that happen upon us. (laughs) You know, some people that are listening may be coming to a healthy conviction that they may be setting their eyes before earthly things more than they are the word or things that will point them to the Lord. So what's the right response? What's a biblical response if we're coming to that conviction? And what would you encourage them toward? Yeah, I would encourage anytime that we sense the conviction that the way we're walking in isn't the way we ought to be walking in. What scripture would tell us is that we're called to repent. And so repent. Mm-hmm. repentance is this thing, multifaceted idea in scripture of acknowledging that we're in the wrong, right? God, this isn't glorify you. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. But we turn from something to something. And so it's this idea of this 180 that we do. And so with the Lord being able to turn to, I think about Psalm 139, the way everlasting. Yes, I confess and, and I repent of my sins, but then Lord, show me the way I need to go. So like what I have been feeling my heart affections for with the things of the world. 
Lord, how can I stir my heart affections for you? And so we help ourselves out with that process of what am I turning to, not just confessing and walking away, um, but how can I walk in the way of the Lord? And the Lord is gracious to meet us. And the Lord is gracious to forgive. And the Lord is gracious to provide us with what we need in order to be who he's called us to be. Um, and so, yeah, that we just be honest with God and have him meet us and then show mm-hmm. us the right way we ought to walk in. You know, maybe someone's not even experiencing conviction because they've been walking in sin, but maybe like you, Elizabeth, they're just beginning to see, man, I feel the Lord's directing me to walk in a different way than I've been walking, not necessarily because of sin, but because he's guiding me to something else. So what's the freedom that you've experienced in holding your stuff, holding your life, holding your security of your job, like open-handedly and being willing to move where the Lord moves you? For a long time, what has kind of grounded me is a desire to just be faithful and a deep understanding that what I have, and I'll talk about this more when we're at TGC, uh, doesn't belong to me and my life literally Hmm. exists for the Lord. And so when he calls me to take the faith step, because that is, that's, hey, I need you to make a right turn. I need you to change directions. And that can be, you know, I don't know how to do this. Is this the right thing? You know, it's hard for me to give up whatever I might have my hands in. Like you said, it's not sinful. It just is the Lord wants you to do something different that we would trust that he is going to keep us, which means he's going to provide for all the concerns that we have and that his way is better. And so I'd rather go in the way that I don't fully understand and I don't have all the answers. And I feel like that's just the Christian life. (laughs) You never have all the answers rather than staying in my comfort and false sense of security. And that is, I believe the Lord meets us with grace as we take a faith step that we don't get the grace until we get there. I feel like it's this little door we walk through and all of a sudden he gives confirmation or he gives provision or he just gives his delight in us that we trusted him enough to make this this turn in our lives. But that if we're sensing the Lord wants us to change directions, that we would love him so much that we would follow where he points, even if we don't understand, because we'd rather be in that place than a place of holding on to what the Lord has told us to get rid of because we're too fearful of what will happen if we follow him. God's been faithful. His working through redemptive history shows us that. Hmm. I think Gloria Furman, when she was on the show, she referenced one of her seminary profs. I think she went to DTS too. And he said, God's pattern of faithfulness is a pattern for his faithfulness in the future. His pattern of faithfulness in the past is a model and a pattern for his faithfulness in the future. And man, I, I'm going back to that conversation that we had at the very beginning of the show where I was telling about that season where I was, you know, just really lost in the sauce, not knowing why am I here? Who am I? What am I doing here? And just exactly what we're talking about is what helped orient me and really helped me see that there was purpose for me um, in my present circumstances. And the ambassadorship that God's given us, you know, I think about when Paul says, you're an ambassador for Christ. Sometimes we may not understand why we've been sent to a particular place, but we do always know 
what we've been sent for. We've been sent on behalf of another and we've been sent with a message to deliver. And so whatever it is that we have set before us today, we know what our purpose is, even if we don't understand the exact plan. But how can we continue to develop eyes to see God's good plan for his people? Honestly, Hunter, the only way I know is to to be in the word and to be constantly reminding ourselves of what is true and what is lasting, to remind ourselves of the need to show up in the places that you won't on your own want to go into, um, the ways that you respond. And, And just, again, it doesn't have to be something really big. It just is you're on the job and you have a boss that's just not really kind. And so how do I respond to that boss? How do I respond to that coworker? Um, Or how do I respond to a neighbor that it's just a hard interaction or a family member who, man, I have to show up for this relationship and I don't all know what always to say. Like, how do I show the light of Christ? That scripture constantly reminds us of what God is doing in the world and he's redeeming the broken places. He is bringing light into the darkness. What he talks about in Genesis 1 And what it means for us to live in perfect community with him is what he is bringing us back to and has done through Jesus and will do fully in eternity um, when Christ returns. But constantly keeping our eyes in scripture reminds us of that. And so it tells us, okay, this is how I should respond. This is who I need to be. This is where I need to place my hope in. And like you said, this is what my purpose is. Every time I show up, this is what I'm called to do. If I don't know anything else, I know this. And to me, having a regular habit of listening, reading, however we're able to just get in the word. And there's a lot of creative ways that technology is provided for that, that we are reminding ourselves of the story of scripture. Amen. Well, that's a great segue into our practical (laughs) uh, steps. Do you have any practical steps for listeners who want to grow in their ability to just see how God's working in their lives and how he's worked in the lives of people throughout all of redemptive history. I mean, I just, I'll plug your book. I have read most of it and think that it is such a fantastic resource if you're really struggling to embrace the life that God's given you. Um, Embrace Your Life by Elizabeth Woodson is a fantastic resource that's really saturated with scripture. So I can tell that's why I have people like you on, Elizabeth. It's like, you know, just how do you, how do we bring the truths of scripture to bear in our present life? <laughs> um, so thank you so much for that. Do you have any other practical steps that you'd recommend? Uh, I would recommend, I'm a, I love resources. And so one resource. She's got a bookshelf <laughs> right behind her. She's me. like totally. Um, is the Bible <laughs> project, right? Because we, yes. we don't always have the time to read all the things, even though I love to read. And so you can listen to a po- their podcast. You can they have these wonderful videos that summarize every story, the every book of the Bible, themes in Scripture. And so to me, that's just a really helpful tool to switch it up to watch a cartoon that tells you about Jesus. And it's been really useful for me in my own personal journey with the Lord. And then if you don't have a place in your journal or just kind of reminders of God's goodness, that you would just take the time to like your mentor told you to write it down, like write down what God has done for you. Yeah. So you can go back to it when you need to. And that has been another practical thing that has really been significant in my walk with the word. Mm, I love that. I have really given up that practice as a young mom and I need to get back to it because as I'm going back through old Bibles, I see like little verses circled with dates and things like that. And I'm like, man, 
I don't have the capacity to remember what this yeah. little significant date was that I thought apparently <laughs> I would remember for the rest of my life. So we need help. And then also, you know, what a wonderful thing that can be for people who um, come after us yeah. just to be able to reflect on. I've been going through my dad's stuff since he passed, and it's really neat to see the things that um, – you know, he was learning and remembering and reflecting on in little notes that we find just jotted throughout all of his stuff. So thank you for that. I'm going to be working on that. Um, we'll see how the notes come out. They're probably going to be illegible and hardly <laughs> make any sense. But <laughs> as long as you can read them, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Well, I know that if I'm able to put that into practice, looking back on those will be one of my three simple joys. I've already asked you what your three simple joys are, generally speaking, back in 2019, if people want to go back and reference that. I'm sure they've changed, but I'd love to hear three of your simple joys when it comes to knowing and loving God and His Word. Uh, probably the first joy would be um, just seeing God work in my life. So like seeing Him answer mm. prayers and to prayers that you've prayed for a long time or that are re- like real, like it's something really, really important. And you're like, God, I don't, you know, I know you're doing a lot in the world, but if you just really show up in this way and He does, like, yeah, you know, that's just... The, it, there are a few things that 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 are um, have been more impactful to me in my ability to trust God than seeing Him come through and answer the prayers. That like the really really mm-hmm. intimate like like sweet spaces in your heart. Um, hmm. I think the next one is just community. And so I, mm-hmm. as a single person, have been blessed by the goodness of God through His people. And it could be a good conversation. It could be some food. It's enjoying His creation. Um, it's art, it's music, it's culture, all these things that God has created for our enjoyment. And I see his goodness. I see his beauty. I see more of who he is in those things and people. Um, and so that has just been a really fun for me to lean into more um, in this season of my life. And then the last one, I think the simple joys is being able to um, man, just show up for other people. And so again, it's like, okay, Seeing that what God says is true hmm. is not just true for my life, but that he gives me the privilege of just showing up for somebody else. And again, it's like bringing a meal. Like I'm not talking about, you know, yeah. doing world peace. <laughs> it just is bringing a meal <laughs> on a meal train or let me send you a DoorDash gift card. Uh, but the joy of being able to know that the same goodness that has come to me through God's people, I'm able to share with others. Mm. I love that so much, and I can definitely testify to uh, what a ministry that is, having walked through, you know, this season with my dad, and and it's just amazing how the ministry of a meal, like, is is something sacred, and so I I am grateful that that's one of your simple joys, because I know it's such a gift to all of the recipients. You know, I think that's just one way that we can impact other people to know and love God more, just to simply extend some of the grace that we've received from him through tangible acts of service, or even just through edifying conversation like you and I have had today. And you know that one of the practices that we have here on Journey Women is to ask who it is that's had the greatest impact on the way that you know and love God. So feel free to share who you've shared in the past or uh, let us know who it is that's that the Lord is using in your life to draw you nearer to him these days. I would say, and and I might have said this before, but it's my mom. Um, and so uh, I have a good relationship with my mother and she loves the Lord, like deeply, deeply loves the Lord. And like the overflow of wisdom of a life well lived with Jesus. And to point me in the right direction, to correct, to encourage, to remind me, Elizabeth, 
there will be seasons when Jesus is is it. And you have to learn mm. how to live well with him and how to thrive. Even this other day of Embrace Your Life really just comes from seeing my mother do that so well. In seasons mm. that aren't perfect, she found ways to, to cultivate joy and to celebrate and to provide a wonderful environment for us as kids, even though things might not have been perfect around us. She still showed up for mm. us in wonderful ways. And so my mother, both through her words and through her life, is probably one of the most impactful people for my faith. Oh, I didn't look at your dedication page. Did you dedicate the book? To I you? dedicated the book to my father's mother. So <laughs> she's on the acknowledgments because um, she was an author who was never able to get her books published. And uh, I feel like I get to extend like... Has she passed? Is is that your grandmother that was in Dallas or is that your mom's grandmother mom? that was in Dallas. And so she has since passed, um, but she would be... She's a precious part of yeah. your book too. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for helping us uh, just to see uh, Christ today and to think carefully about how we might set things before our eyes that will help us to reflect on who he is and on the truths of his word. It's been a joy, as always, to have you on the Journey Women podcast. We pray this conversation with Elizabeth causes you to set things before your eyes that will encourage you to look to God and His Word. Mamas, my upcoming children's book, Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It, Knowing and Loving the Bible, is designed to do just that, to encourage not just you, but also your kiddos to know and love the Bible and to reach for it whenever you can. It's available for pre-order right now. If you want to order, you can find it in the show notes of this episode or on my website at hunterbelis.com. This episode was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. We are so grateful for them and for you. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.